Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast, episode 93. Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast with your host, Jack Mountain Bushcraft School founder and master main guide, Tim Smith. I'm your host, Tim Smith. I'm a registered master main guide and have been a full-time outdoor instructor and guide since founding the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School in 1999. We help people become more skilled, more knowledgeable, more experienced, and more confident in the natural world through our bushcraft and guide training semester programs and multi-week canoe and snowshoe expeditions. You can check out the show notes to all of our podcasts at blog.jackmtn.com. If you're interested in learning more about our college-accredited and GI Bill-approved programs, visit the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School on the web at jackmtn.com. And check out our online network and digital learning academy at bushcraftschool.com. Hello and welcome back to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Smith. I'm here with Christopher Russell. How are we today? Uh, Not a lot to complain about. It's a gorgeous fall day and we're talking about naps as soon as we're done with this. We are coming to you from the communication level of our semi-subterranean lair at the new Jack Mountain Bushcraft School headquarters in the North Main Woods. Yep. Uh... So today we are going to talk about <laughs> current events, what we've been up to. Um, we're going to talk about the the semester course that we're currently running, and our big topic for the day is about how advanced skills are the basics mastered. But we'll get to that in just a minute. Current events. We haven't done one of these in a long time. Oh, no, not since the spring, huh? Yeah. So since the spring. Um, the Smith family, my family, we have we are out of New Hampshire. So I no longer have a place in New Hampshire. We sold our house in New Hampshire and bought a place uh, directly adjacent to the field school in Massardis, Maine. So it's pretty cool. Um, front door opens up onto the Garfield Road. This is the first time in my life, I think, that I've lived on like a paved road. Where you don't have to travel down, you know, some shady dirt track that needs tons of maintenance with huge potholes that could swallow an entire vehicle. And uh, it's interesting, you know, so far, so good with that. I'm really looking forward to having a winter where, um, you know, the town pays to plow the road out front. <laughs> Instead of you doing it. Instead of me doing yep. it. Yeah, I think that'll be a, a, a nice change. And the cool thing about the new place, so the front door opens to the road, great views to the east, the back door uh, opens, literally the backyard is the North Main Woods. From my backyard, it's about 80, maybe 90 miles due west to the Quebec border and the town of Daquam. Uh, so big backyard. Uh, yeah, no kidding. And that was always one of the things I loved about the place in New Hampshire was having that, you know, 120, 150 square mile backyard that I didn't own, but, you know, was free to kind of wander through. And now you have a bigger one. Now I have a bigger one. <laughs> you know, there's not many places in the U.S. other than Alaska where you can, and maybe some parts of Montana or something, where you can have that big of a backyard that you can just walk out the door and continue. So, I mean, obviously for me to get to the Quebec border, I have to cross quite a few rivers. The, you know, the big Machias, probably the Aroostook, the Allagash, the St. John, and a couple others. But So him listing that off, uh, you can see how much he's thought about it. So every day I wake up wondering if today's the day where Tim's just gone. Tim disappeared. Tim disappeared today and, and wandered uh, away. Somewhere in Quebec. See, just, you just left the door open and wandered off. Yep. 
<laughs> so yeah, we're super, super excited about that. And it's been about a month we've been in the new place and so far so good. Um, what it, one thing it allows us to do is stuff like this, um, you know, having the ability to go online and not have to run a business through a cell phone connection. Uh, I've said, Christopher and I have talked many times. I love the off-grid lifestyle. It agrees with me very well. Just simple systems for living. I loathe at this point running a business off the grid. It's a hard thing to do. Yeah. So in the past, you know, we would make a bunch of media in the winter and then sort of drop out of sight for six months while we were at the field school running programs all spring, summer, and fall. Um, and hopefully now that won't be the case. Yeah. Uh, and definitely excited about that. Yeah, it's it's a nice little change in uh, having to drive into the library or whatever. I can just come up the hill and work on whatever we need to. It's yeah. nice. And it's so close. It's less than a mile door to door from here to Moose Vegas. It's like point, I think it's point six miles to the guide shack. It's really right at the top of the hill on the paved road. So, so you know, location-wise, it really couldn't be any better. The other bit of current events, uh, the 60-acre field school is no more. There was... Uh, about 20 acres kind of landlocked right in the middle of our acreage at the field school. Long live the 80-acre field school. Yeah, so we are just about to close on that with the with the landowner, and then we'll have the big contiguous block of Good word. land where no one can show up and say they want to punch a road in and build a camp, and you know it just kind of future-proofs it. But it also gives us just about a half a mile of, uh, I think it's about a half a mile of riverfront, yeah. Um, which is pretty pretty awesome, pretty unique. Although not much of a river these days because of the it's drought. A, it's a trickle. It's a trickle. Uh, but there's a nice little river valley. How about that? <laughs> yeah. River We've valley. got a river valley, but no river. Yep. Um, and those are kind of our my current events. You've got some current events coming up. Yeah, two weeks, and then the uh, the inaugural uh, the inaugural weekend of the uh, Freelance Leaf Forest Program down in Vermont. Um, we got. One more spot for that, so if you're interested, get in touch. Um, it's going to be fun. We're going to start off with uh, just the basic stuff of camp life and then build on that for a year. And these people that are coming by this time next year will have been up here canoeing the Allagash and all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah, we're super excited about it because it's something we've talked about for... Two years. At least two years, yeah. At least yeah. two years. And initially, we were referring to it as the National Guard-style program. Nothing to do with the National Guard, but just the idea of like one weekend a month and then two weeks yeah. in the summer to kind of wrap it up. And and excited because it'll open up this sort of learning to a whole bunch of people that maybe could never find the time to get away for a semester. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really fun to do and uh it'll be cool to see like a second almost like a secondary field school start to be built. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be awesome. Um so yeah, super excited about that. I guess the last current event, we just wrapped up week 3 of the fall 2020 wilderness bushcraft semester. We spent last week out on a remote lake at Paradise Cove and it was as always completely epic and beautiful with amazing sunsets and this is a great time of year. We're recording this on Sunday, the 13th of September. And mid-September is an awesome time of year up here. The nights are cool. We're getting nights in like the 40s, days in the 60s and 70s. So the water's still warm enough to swim. There's no bugs. Uh, yeah, if we could find a place where the weather was like this year round, uh, I think we'd be there pretty quickly. Yeah, this is pretty. I don't know. I think I'd get tired of it. Yeah, you'd get tired of anything, but yeah. but this is still pretty This is nice. still pretty awesome. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, the course is going good. Uh, some making some new new friends, and it's it's interesting um, with the new Moose Vegas that we had stumped and leveled. So we run most of the class up there. Almost all the instruction plate takes place there, and it's uh, so far so good, right? It's a it's a beautiful spot to run programs at, and. Definitely way better. If you have been to the field school in the last few years, that area we had cleared, uh, we called it Stumpville. You couldn't walk through. My shins were bloody on a daily basis because I'd just smack into... Uh, I'm, I'm afraid to even say it because now as soon as I do, it's going to happen when I walk down. But I'm amazed I didn't like turn an ankle walking through that. Now what will happen is I'll walk down there and in a completely fat, flat field manage to turn my ankle. Yeah, or I'll like slip and, I don't know, yeah. just end up flat on my back. So, knock on, knock on wood. But knock on wood. So far, so good. So far, so good. We love the new Moose Vegas. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty sweet place to be for most of the day. Uh, cool. I think that, any other current events? No, not really. All right. I think we're, uh, yeah, week three is people starting to starting to get into the swing of things around here. And they just got back from their first little outing and kind of got an insight into our on-trail systems. And, uh, yeah, now we're breaking to week four and start doing some a little more advanced stuff. Yeah. Which brings us to the topic for the day. You see what I did there? I did. Yeah, I like it was a pretty good segue. I thought you might. Uh, the topic for the day is that in bushcraft, in many things, the advanced skills are the basics mastered. And you were telling me a story. Somebody called you up and said they wanted to take a really advanced class. No, it was the opposite. It was like I had we have had a couple of phone calls where people call and they're they're trying to get like a sense of what each class is based on like a almost like a numbers rating system, right? From like easiest to hardest. And they always kind of say, you know, I have a little experience. I want something kind of in the middle or I have no experience. I want something, uh, you know, just a whole range of it. And just kind of realizing that I don't think we, our courses aren't set up that way. We don't run advanced courses because, um, you know, at least on long-term courses, a lot of the time by the end of it, people have played with the basics so much that they they just get it and are probably a lot more advanced than they think they are. Yeah, and I I am firmly in the camp that believes that the advanced skills are the basic mastered, basics mastered, and there that just means there's no like super secret squirrel shaman skills that come no. out after you've been doing it a bit and then oh this is what we usually do and then for the advanced class we dust off this secret knowledge or you know whatever else that's just not the case at all i mean the case uh i'll make the claim that that just about everything in life is cumulative so if you've never swung an axe you know you're not going to be uh super adept at it it takes time it takes muscle memory it takes time to build the hand-eye coordination that the you know, the advanced axemanship course is the basic axemanship course. It's the same course, but, but it's just like a, an extra eight weeks of swinging it with an extra eight yeah. weeks of swinging it. So, you know, I'm on record numerous times as saying that the, the way to master the axe has always been to clear an acre. It's not to, it's not like a super secret series of skills. Yeah. It's just experience. And with that experience, all the basics, uh, you know, you really get to understand them. Yeah, I've noticed up here, we usually talk about it week one, is I kind of tell students to remove the word like best from their lexicon because that's, I think it's just the nature of kind of the of Western culture is you want to do things the best way, the most efficient way. And um, they try to jump right to that. And the reality is um, you have to be kind of inefficient and not good at it for a while. 
And the best way is, like you said, having cleared an egg or having used it a bunch. And then at that point, you you don't need to know what's best. You just know what works. And I think there's something to that. Yeah, the best way, the way to the, to master the axe is to clear an acre. The yep. the way to master paddling a canoe is to go on a hundred mile trip. Yeah, you know, the way to master poling is to pole for eighty eight miles in low water river. So yeah. it's just that idea that through experience is how we how we master things. It's not that there's like an advanced right. class, but that isn't to say that there isn't you know the an accelerated class. No, meaning. It just takes a lot of time for people to get stuff, right? And on a superficial level, you can sort of write down a few key points in a notebook and check the box and move on. But to be really good at it, it just takes time and it can't be rushed. So in the example of, say, an accelerated course, maybe there's just not enough time to take to clear an acre with an yeah. axe, right? So we do, you know, an hour or two with an axe and then we move on to the next thing. And that, that's what I would consider like an accelerated class. The result of the accelerated class is perhaps mastering none of the curriculum because it all just takes time to master. Yeah, so the mastery would on courses like this would come from we'll give – Sort of, we've set up systems so that people can, you know, use the axe safely. But then the mastery that they get um, at whatever level that is comes from them using it every day to chop their own firewood. Yeah, day after day, day after routine. day. So I, I'm also on record as saying that the process of crafting is cumulative, meaning that whatever craft you built yesterday enables you to make something today. So, for example. It would be very challenging for someone to say, hey, I want to build a full-size birch bark canoe. And well, someone says that and you say, okay, well, what have you done in the past? You know, Nothing. Yeah. So that, that doesn't work. So we will often uh, – we have a, a, uh, a progression of crafts that we make during the course. So we start with obviously the easier ones and they get more and more complex as you go. So, for example, the net bags that we make week one, right? It's very simple. It just uses an overhand knot. Um, but it would be very challenging to do regular netting using sheet bends to make a hammock or to make a, a fish net or a gill net. That would be very challenging to do if we didn't first do the the basic net. And, and you know, another example, how we do bows, right? First bow is the two-minute bow. And the second bow is the two-hour bow. And lastly, the two-day longbow so there's no way well i shouldn't say there's no way there's a way but it's way more challenging if you try to jump right into the two-day well you, longbow. yeah the way of that is that the first three of those you make snap because you don't understand you don't understand a lot of the mechanics of making a bow but if the first couple you make are a couple of saplings that you've tied together in um, in a way that they are functional then you understand what a bow needs to do and can apply that along with all your other woodworking stuff you picked up to a bigger bow without having to throw a lot of them into the fire. Right. And just the yeah. idea that the, you know, it's cumulative. Yeah, like exactly. You're learning lessons on those first simple crafts that will continue to serve you as you get into more and more complex crafts. Yeah. And maybe, maybe you have no business making the really complex things or trying to make the complex things until you've got a bunch of the simple ones under your belt. Totally. And, and not just, not just with the, the learning side of it, but, you know, we talk a lot that it's working up or living up here is it's tough on the hands. And so this week we're going to start our students on mokotagans or crooked knives. But if we had started that week one before people had kind of broke in, um, broke in their hands with the axe and with all the other crafts, mokotagan is a long process of just holding your hands around a file and filing metal down. And 
you know, maybe, maybe there's a little bit of like physical training that has to happen too with that cumulative side of the crafts as well. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and I'll even use, you know, just to take it to just one other example, I'll use the example of like a winter survival exercise that, you know, it's a meta exercise that's going to bring together everything you know about fire, axe use, wood and trees, snowshoeing, all these things. And if someone doesn't have the uh, foundation in the skills and with the experience, then it's going to be really hard and kind of miserable, you yeah. know, and, and maybe you can tough your way through it. Or, you know, maybe if it's really remote and it's not an exercise maybe you die yeah uh but you know the idea is that if you don't have the skills and experience you're gonna suffer yeah the cumulate when and especially when separate skills come together to do something so we um week one got students into spinning bow drills and talking about tinder and stuff like that like um, the nope, app nope not the app tim i cut <laughs> i cut ahead of the joke on that one i was so it was like locked and loaded to be like no tim um, every time every we talk time. about Tinder in camp and we're going to do like a Tinder walk for bow drill Tinder, I just tell Christopher, I don't have to go. I got, I got it right on my phone. And then that, that like slight twitch <laughs> I'm developing just keeps going. One of these days I'm going to have an aneurysm. I don't know when, but it'll happen anyway. So we talked, you know, the whole first week we had lots of exercises talking about, um, using Tinder as coal extender. You mean the app? Yep. Using the app as coal extender. I burned <laughs> Tim's phone. Um, no, using using different materials from the woods to extend the coal you've created from a, a bodro kit, and then eventually blow that into flame. Um, and then we made that real for students. We had them do a one match fire on the other side of the river and walk a coal from that fire across the river with without really preparing them for it. They had to find coal extender as they went, and um, that whole that whole process of bringing all the different things they'd learned over the last few weeks together really cemented home how much they knew even though they if you asked them they probably couldn't have told you they couldn't have rattled off a lesson to you but in that moment of having to get this coal across the river they they're all that stuff that was in their subconscious kind of came to the front and it was a super powerful thing to watch these people bring a coal back over and blow it into flame um, one person just carried a whole burning log across which was you know it was pretty awesome it was pretty awesome to watch but uh you know, spirit of the law, not the letter of it, but it worked great. He just carried a whole log across the river and put some stuff on top of it. And it honestly, when you see stuff like that, people solving problems creatively. Oh, it's great. It had never occurred to me to no. you know, just pick up the fire no. and carry it. Lateral thinking. <laughs> it's great. It was great. Uh, and looked then like, he looked like he was carrying the Olympic torch, but like a bushcraft Olympic torch. Right. So it was kind of like shabby and yeah. yeah. Falling apart as he walked across. Yeah. I was hearing that. <laughs> as fire falls into the water yep um, it was good it was great yeah. yeah so yeah again the advanced skills are the basics mastered yeah if you if you are interested in in a course that's advanced um and someone is offering it to you as being like an advanced thing eh, I, if it were me i'd reconsider it because i think if you want to be advanced to something you go and learn from square one and you just do it a lot until you're really good at it yeah but that's not to say though that there's not a place for advanced courses and by that i mean that everybody on the course has a significant level of experience yeah. coming in yeah and then you're able to do cooler 
bigger, right. different things. And I think that that's definitely desirable. Yeah, but if someone is selling you the idea that you can come take a weekend course and walk away, yeah, you've never advanced. you've never done skill X, Y, or Z, and in yeah. two days you will be a certified grandmaster at skill yeah. X, Y, and Z. Take that with a grain of salt. Maybe the whole canister. I'm gonna say yeah, and I'm just gonna say it's bullshit. Yep. Ooh. Yeah, I yeah. had to, I had to I had to throw down. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> cool, because it, it is. I agree. Yeah, the yeah, and there's too much of that. I think out there in the world now, like oh, come to our weekend seminar and you leave like a you know the grandmaster of whatever. Like, yep. find me cheaply. One is cheaply held. If it's that easy to to become a master at it, who wants it? It's, it's just worthless. I think at that I do. point. Well, yeah. Does it come with a patch? <laughs> well, if it comes with a patch, I'm if, getting it. If there's a patch, we're talking about a whole different That's animal. true. It can That's go true. on the wall of honor. Maybe I get a certificate that I could frame. Because you know. once you sew the patch under a jacket, the skills are like osmosed into you. That's how it works, right? Right. Cool. Yeah. I, I got a lot of patches I got to sew on. So can we wrap so. this up? I've got, uh, I'm covering my, my body in those nicotine patches. Is that the same thing? No, I stole a salsa dancing patch. I'm going to go sew it on and I'm going to come back up here and we'll see what ha- shakes Ooh, loose. I huh? love salsa. The no, the dancing, Tim. Chip. Not the not the chips. Not with chips? Not with chips. Oh. The salsa dancing. Oh, I don't know what that is. You will watch I sew that patch on. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to spin you right round, baby. Right round. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So yep, that's a good that spot to end up. on. Thank you for spending this uh, oh. time with us this morning. Um, Again, if you enjoy this podcast, uh, coffee's hitting us. I think please leave us a review, or you kind of know the drill. Uh, yeah, but yeah, and we'll hit you up again with a new one soon. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. For more information on our professional wilderness guide training programs that are college accredited and GI Bill approved, visit us on the web at jackmtn.com.